Welcome to Life Quest Liberty, live, in-depth conversations with today's top writers, editors, and spiritual leaders concerning religious freedom around the world. On today's broadcast, we'll examine local and international factors that may be impacting your right to worship and obey God as your conscience dictates. I'm your Life Quest Liberty host, Charles Mills. We've all heard the term social justice bantered about these days, but our guest today has written a book with a unique title. It's called Do Justice, with the subtitle, The Case for Biblical Social Justice. Did you catch that? Biblical social justice. What exactly does that mean? And how is it different from your normal, everyday, run-of-the-mill social justice? Let's ask the author. Stephen Allred is an attorney and ordained minister who served as an academy Bible teacher and church pastor for more than 14 years before taking a hiatus from church employment to practice law. He holds a Juris Doctor from the University of the Pacific, McGeorge School of Law, and a Master of Divinity from Andrews University. Mr. Allred, welcome to LifeQuest Liberty. Thank you, Charles. It's good to be here with you. This program is sponsored by Liberty Magazine, and Mr. Elroy joins us via Skype. Steve, you say in your book that the Bible teaches us about our collective responsibility to look out for the welfare of others. Give us some examples of what the Bible says on this important and very timely topic. So, you know, I I start with Jesus Mm -hmm. in Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19, Jesus stands up at his childhood synagogue in Nazareth and announces his mission. This is where he's telling us what he's all about, why he's here. And he quotes Isaiah, the prophet, from the 61st chapter of Isaiah, where he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor, to set the oppressed free, to make the blind see, etc. And obviously, we as as Christians believe in more than just freedom from literal oppression and physical disease and so on and so forth. We believe in, you know, eternal life. We believe in the gospel that saves people from their sins. But that doesn't mean we don't believe in those other things as well. And I think Jesus there is giving us a a starting point. He said, listen, I, I came to care about more than just myself and show you how to do that as well. And of course, in Matthew 7, verse 12, I think this is one of the most shocking verses of Scripture to me. And it's shocking because I I ignored it for most of my life until relatively recently when I read it, and I was like, what? Jesus says, essentially, the gospel, the the law and the prophets is summed up by the golden rule. You know, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. This sums up the law and the prophets, Matthew 7, 12. That is something we ought to really think about, because he's saying how you treat others, how you care for others, how you look after not just individuals, but I think, you know, how we relate to society around us is really what it means on a horizontal level to follow Jesus. You look at the Old Testament, the way that God set up the economy of Israel, there were things in place to make sure that those who were less fortunate, who had less political, social, or financial capital, were not left completely behind. God didn't set up a communist system, so I don't believe in that. But it was definitely not your predatory system where everyone was just kind of on their own and nobody thought about anybody else. There were some checks and balances in place 
that kind of leveled the playing field once every few years where debts were forgiven, land reverted back to the descendants of the original owners Mm -hmm. and the slaves, indentured servants, whatever, were set free. And that is significant. And I think that those are things we could we could dwell on more, too. So, you know, the the scripture is full of examples, verses where God says, look after the poor, the widow, the oppressed and those who are less fortunate. It is a theme. Well, Steve, good, yes, and you know what happened to Jesus after he said those words, and you know what happened to Jesus <laughs> throughout his life as he preached those words. Is there just an automatic pushback from this world when you say what Jesus said that day in Nazareth? We have a human nature that is, if you believe in the concept that we are sinful, we are selfish, and I think that the golden rule goes against that selfishness that we are inclined to. So yes, there is pushback against it. And and I and here's the thing, when we talked, you mentioned earlier on biblical social justice and and kind of that title, I think that what prompted me to get into this, you know, kind of delve into the subject more for my own sake, and then to share with others in, in the book, was the fact that, you know, you've got a lot of people in the world today who are concerned about how we treat each other. And a lot of those people aren't even followers of Christ. And so I was like, wait, they seem like they've got something there. Now, I'll have to say, I think some of the way that the modern advocates of social justice, the secular advocates, get I don't think they get it right in every sense. Mm -hmm. But my thing is, let's reclaim this concept that is extremely spiritual and scriptural And let's capitalize on what we do get right, because I I feel like in some ways, a lot of the modern day Christianity has bought into some of the political and cultural ideas Mm, around it. And we've forgotten some of the admonitions of Scripture in this regard. So, no, not popular necessarily. And I think it does go against just our, our natural inclination sometimes. But nevertheless, we're called to do it. You know, we could really call the book, instead of do justice, we could call it just don't be selfish. That seems to be an alternate title for this thing. Being selfish is natural for sinful human beings. You're finding out that there are unselfish people, whether they're Christian, Hindu, Muslim, or or agnostic, or atheist. What is the secret of being unselfish? If it's not joining a church, what is that secret that makes someone unselfish? You and I are both Christians who believe in, in the Bible, and yes. I think God is working in people's lives everywhere, whether Amen. they profess Christ or not. Amen. Um, I think of Romans chapter 1 and 2, those two chapters are, are really interesting to me because in chapter 1, he describes the people who are supposedly without God, and yet and he, he gets into chapter 2, though, and, and in both chapters, he mentions, hey, even the Gentiles, yeah. the non-believers— yeah have something in their heart that God has placed there. I mean, Romans 12 says that we're all born with a measure of faith. So I I think that uh, God is working everywhere, and we need to be careful that we don't exclude people from being used by God just because they may not profess the name of Christ. Maybe they're closer to God in some ways than some of the rest of us are even. You know, I mean, that's something I've had to realize as I've looked at some folks who are even more unselfish than I am. And I'm like, man... Yeah, this has got to be the Holy Spirit, I think, working in their lives and through them.
We're talking with Stephen Allred. He is the author of the book, Do Justice, The Case for Biblical Social Justice. Now, that said, you make the case that Christians should lead the way in this thing. How do we do that? How does a Christian get up off of his or her pew in church and go out into the community and lead the way to healing the social justice issues and including how they affect the racial divide in this country? That is something that I I think we have to ask ourselves personally. I give some historical examples in the book and also some things that are still happening today, I think. And I also, at the end of each chapter, pose some thought questions for the reader to either answer or if they're doing this in like some sort of a book discussion group they can you know discuss together mm-hmm. because I do think that the Holy Spirit is going to guide each of us into how we can affect change ourselves in our own community because you know, every context may be a little different. I think there are some things that you can look back historically and a lot of Christians in the 19th century were involved in the movement to abolish slavery, you know, abolitionism. And uh, it was a network of a lot of different Christian churches. You know, the faith community that you and I are part of, Charles, uh, the Seventh-day Adventist Church, a lot of our founding members were prominent abolitionists, or at least they were very involved in that movement. So I think there's a place for Christians to be able to be involved in modern-day movements that have similar goals, you know, whatever it might be. And uh, when it comes to the racial issue, I think it's interesting because a lot of times Christians may look at some of the movements out there that are, that are trying to affect racial justice, and they'll say, well, I don't agree with every little thing they stand for. Yeah. And so I say, well, listen, it's fine to disagree, and of course we need to stay true to our biblical principles and what we know is true. I look back to a, an example of one of the founders of our church, Ellen G. White, who I actually quote from quite a bit in the book because she had a lot to say about, about these issues. Yes, yes. She would advocate for people of her day and age to be a part of the Women's Christian Temperance Union, for example, which was a group that was out to make the production and sale of alcohol illegal here in the United States. Of course, they did succeed temporarily for a while there. Yeah. But the interesting thing was she said, hey, listen, even though she and some of those from her church didn't agree with everything that group stood for, she said, hey, we should still try to work with them as much as we can Mm -hmm. and be a part of that to the extent that that they are going to promote principles that we agree on. And I think there's something there for all of us to look at today, too, as we think, how can I be involved in social issues today to make a difference, to let the gospel be more than just a theory that applies to the future, eternal life, it can it actually can seep down into our lives today and make a difference today. And so we may need to work sometimes with people that we may not agree with completely. But I think that is a personal question as well, and I think we need to ask that and pray about it, and I think the Lord will guide. Oh, I like the thought that the same Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that puts love in our hearts— whether we recognize Christ or the Holy Spirit or not, the same Holy Spirit that puts love there will give us avenues of service, will tell us what to say, will tell us where to go to help people, whether we recognize Christ or the Holy Spirit or not. That's a beautiful truth, Steve. Yes, I agree. It is. Okay, the book, Do Justice, The Case for Biblical Social Justice by Stephen Allred, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-A-L-L-R-E-D. Stephen, where can people find this book and purchase it for themselves? 
If you shop on Amazon, that is probably the easiest way to get the book. Or you can go to Do Justice Books with an S at the end, dojusticebooks.com and order it there. All right. Dojusticebooks.com. Stephen Allred. I have many more questions to ask you, Stephen. Can I have you back on the next program to talk more about this subject? This is good stuff. Sure. I'd love to come back and, and talk more. It's been it's been fun. All right. We will do that on our next program. Listener, I invite you to tune in. Until then, you can look for Stephen's book, Do Justice, The Case for Biblical Social Justice. And also you can visit libertymagazine.org. A lot of resources there to help you on your journey of understanding when it comes to things social and things justice and things church and state all at libertymagazine.org. This program is sponsored by Liberty Magazine. Until next time, this is Charles Mills, along with Stephen Allred, inviting you to rest in the freedom of God's love. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about LifeQuest Liberty, call 443-391-7258 or email us through our website at libertymagazine.org. Join us again next week at the same time as we examine more of the threats and challenges facing your religious freedom. May God keep the flames of liberty burning in your heart today. <laughs>